Uh, obviously, Hillary Clinton isn't running again, for all we know. Uh, as of now, she's not running. But CNN is still running and still doing their, um, their coverage, if you want to call it that, under the same neoliberal, propagandish, um, corporate cronyism playbook. And I bring with you today, before I get to this segment, a copy of uh, Noam Chomsky, Media Control. Uh, this is a little free promotion for the legendary Noam Chomsky. And I want to read a, a short little um, sentence to you, because I think it sets up this CNN segment very well. And again, media control, Noam Chomsky. So, one conception of democracy has it that a democratic society is one in which the public has the means to participate in some meaningful way in the management of their own affairs and the means of information are open and free. If you look up democracy in the dictionary, you'll get a definition, something like that. That is uh, one definition of democracy. An alternate, an alternate alternative conception of democracy is that the public must be barred from managing of their own affairs and that me the means of information must be kept narrowly and rigidly controlled. That may sound like an odd conception of democracy, but it's important to understand that is the prevailing conception. So that is the legendary Noam Chomsky. I'm reading you a bedtime story at noon Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific. So I want to show you uh, some of this CNN segment, which this morning, I mean, Bernie Sanders got testy with them, and I don't blame him because it was just ridiculous framing after ridiculous framing. So I'm going to play some of this for you, and then I'm going to cut in, cut out, because I think Bernie Sanders shamed, shamed CNN. Let's take a look. From union healthcare, uh, from a union negotiated health care plan to Medicare for all, those savings would have to be passed along to those workers who belong to that union. Right. How would you explain to non-union Americans why they should not also receive a benefit for giving up their private insurance if... For instance, the, huh. theirs saves money as well going to Medicare for all. Well, they are going to receive an enormous benefit. The overwhelming majority of the American people are going to pay significantly less for better health care under Medicare for all. Right now, you've got 87 million people who are uninsured, who are underinsured, 500,000 people who go bankrupt every year because they cannot pay their outrageous medical bills. You've got 30,000 people who are dying. People have spent 10, 15, 20 percent of their limited incomes but on health But they won't get the higher wages or all, the benefits that union no, members no, 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 would no, no, get. Wait. No, I hear what you're saying, what but you're Medicare saying union, union will, members. Well, excuse me. What Medicare for all will do is lower the cost of health care for the overwhelming majority of Americans. That's how they benefit. No premiums, no copayments, no deductibles, no out-of-pocket expenses. Every American. But a, non, but a non-union right. worker, unlike a union worker, under your... So, oh my God, I love that. First of all, for, my, for any viewers watching uh, that are uh, members of the tribe, uh, my friends in the Jewish community, this reminds me of my grandma, may she rest in peace, Mamo, who used to say, excuse me, I'm speaking, excuse me. Love Bernie Sanders, and I love that wonderful Jewish accent. What's amazing to me about this, and by the way, for those of you that don't know, how this whole thing came up was there has been some um, concerns among labor unions. There's been some concerns among labor unions that, you know, labor unions, of course, have fought 
fought, fought, fought for decades and decades and decades, basically for scraps because they've been, they've been more and more squeezed by these corporations that are allowed to do whatever the hell they want to union members. They've been pulling, making uh, union members pay more and more into their health care year after year, cutting back their wages, cutting back their benefits. And because the unions are spineless, because the unions, frankly, are still working in a domestic uh, playbook instead of an international uh, playbook, they have basically said, okay, well, we'll take anything. I mean, if you're gonna, if you're gonna keep taking away from us, we give up, we'll just take whatever. That's been a lot of uh, the labor union movement in America over the last 20, 30 years. And of course, there's been a huge union uh, bashing. We're gonna talk about the death of David Koch, which frankly, sorry, I'm not, I'm not in mourning. Sorry for his family, not sorry for America. This is a good day for America. Sorry to say it. Some people might not like that real talk, but that's the truth. I'm not gonna celebrate the Cokes. So basically Bernie Sanders has been, you know, political candidates. There's a difference between just, you know, moonwalking with the wind like Mitt Romney, Hillary Clinton, Kamala for the people of Wall Street, Harris, or Bernie Sanders who's saying, okay, well, there's some legitimate concerns among people in labor unions who healthcare is a very, very sensitive topic. They fight and they have fought uh, to get decent health care uh, from their labor unions. I don't know if it's so decent if you keep having to pay more and more of your uh, paycheck into that health care. And Bernie Sanders, it's he hasn't changed anything in his Medicare for All plan. He hasn't changed a word. All he has said is as president, I am going to make companies who have workers in labor unions give back some of the uh, money that those healthcare, that those workers in the unions have given to, have given away. So if you're a labor union person under Bernie Sanders, if you have basically had to give up, let's say, you know, if you've had to, if you, instead of getting a uh, $3 an hour raise this year, uh, as part of your collectively bargained agreement with the company you work for to get better health care, that $3 uh, an hour wage that you conceded to get that better health care, Bernie Sanders is now working to get the wages that health, that workers in the unions gave up to get that to them. That's not changing his Medicare for all plan, of course. That is doing something on the side for union workers. It has absolutely nothing to do with his Medicare for all plan. But what CNN is doing is what they basically have done in turn, what, what my friend Noam Chomsky says, uh, propaganda, they are basically trying to, you know, muddy the waters here. And this is what they do for free public college, for example. So free public college, which is Bernie Sanders' plan that he's been championing forever, they say, well, we don't want to pay for wealthy kids to get wealthy people's kids to get free public college. So that's why free public college for Bernie. So 98% of the people will benefit, but because 2% of the people might have access to free public college and they're from wealthy families, oh, Bernie's a hypocrite. This is the red herrings that the corporate media, particularly CNN, like to throw in. So here you have the CNN anchor basically saying, well, you know, why should these, uh, well, let me continue with what she's saying because the argument is so intellectually dishonest and so ridiculous, 
I'll let her speak for herself. Uh, their employer sees a savings. They would not be guaranteed to have higher wages or benefits well, the to realize is, those right. savings. Why not? But the difference is, I'll tell you why not. Because union workers gave up wage benefits over the years in order to pay for health care. And non-union workers did not. That's the difference. But at the end of the day, the vast majority of the American people, workers and non-union workers, union workers and non-union workers, will benefit under a Medicare for All. And by the way, under Medicare for All, will cap when any American pays it for prescription drugs at $200 a year. We're going to take on the pharmaceutical industry. The function of health care, Brianna, is not to allow the health care industry, as they did last year, to make $100 billion in profit while so many of our people are uninsured, underinsured, and paying more than they can afford to pay. Several of your 2020 rivals and their campaigns have been attacking you over this uh, sweetener for union members. So how, how do you respond to critics who say that this is special very treatment few people to a voting have, block? Very few people have been attacking me. I think one candidate in the media picks up on it. Again, we have not changed There's one three. word of our... We have not changed one word of our Medicare for All system. No deductibles, no copayments. The vast majority of the American people save money. The issue, again, as I've just said, is that if you are a worker in a union shop and the company says, well, we're going to offer you a 3% wage increase, but you know what? It's, you're going to have to pay, you're going to lose 4% in your health care. Your deductible is going up. Your premium is going up. Those workers have given up wage increases in order to retain the health care that they have. Those are the workers we are reaching out to in this, uh, what we're doing right now. But we have not changed one word in our Medicare for All program, which is gaining more and more support for the American people. The American people understand that we have a dysfunctional system in which so many people are uninsured, underinsured, and which we spend twice as much per person on health care as do the people of Canada or any other industrialized nation. Now, it is true. We're going to take on hundreds of millions of dollars from the healthcare industry and 30-second TV ads. They're going to distort what I'm trying to do. They're going to demonize me personally. But at the end of the day, the American people will go forward in guaranteeing health care to all people as a human right, just as every other major country does. So what was amazing about that, and you saw this, you saw the smirch on her face. Oh, she was not happy. She was not happy that Brianna Kyler with Bernie Sanders pushing back. Excuse me. Because the, the framing, and again, if you have loved ones and you have pictures all over your apartment or home or wherever you live, the framing, the framing of this is so preposterous. And it starts with Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris, who, as I show you, is now on the average of the polls down at 7.4%. Her campaign is literally sinking like the Titanic, no pun intended. Her campaign is sinking like the Titanic. So campaigns, when they're sinking like the Titanic, are going to go after anyone that if they could put a dent in that, that candidate, maybe, maybe they'll rise. So her campaign thought, let's go after Bernie. Let's make it seem like he's switching. You know, he's switching on Medicare for All. He's moonwalking on Medicare for All, which will then you know, neuter his argument against us that Kamala Harris moved and moonwalked faster than Michael Jackson away from Medicare for All, which she did. She did moonwalk very, very far from Medicare for All. And as you can see, all her moonwalking, 
all her, you know, her plan that, you know, paves, uh, sets Medicare for all after 10 years, a phase-in period, her plan that is called Medicare for all, but it's not actually run by the government, it's run by private insurance companies. Uh, well, apparently Americans or, you know, uh, people living in the United Corporations of America, apparently they're not for somebody who has no conviction, who isn't boldly, boldly for anything. She's moonwalking. She, she didn't run on Medicare for all when she ran for senator uh, in California. She signed on uh, to Bernie's plan because as the political winds were moving, so does Kamala Harris. And now she's trying to fudge. And this is how CNN and all these outlets are picking this up. Kamala Harris's campaign is feeding it to them. Bernie Sanders is wavering on Medicare for all. What CNN is trying to do is basically, it's not about the actual issue. It's about making Bernie Sanders seem like he's actually not a man of conviction and make it seem or make people doubt, oh, well, Bernie's starting to move away from Medicare for all. You heard the term that she made, the sweetheart deal for unions. Well, call me, call me uh, unusual. I'd rather my president be making sweetheart deals, if you want to call it that, for workers and union members and, you know, doing a little something extra for them to, uh, you know, comfort their concern over a change in health care, which they have fought hard for uh, in their collective bargaining. I'd rather President Sanders or any president be making accommodations for union members than for people on K Street and lobbyists and Wall Street bankers and fossil fuel sleazebags and big pharma and Silicon Valley and real estate de developers. Wouldn't you? Isn't it refreshing? But to CNN and the other outlets that picked up this absurdity, Bernie Sanders is moonwalking. Bernie Sanders is starting, you know, is changing his Medicare for all plan. It's absurd, absurd. And frankly, frankly, I'm kind of happy that Bernie Sanders during this uh, interview cut her off. I think Bernie Sanders, frankly, and maybe this is just my style, has been a little too kind to these CNN and MSNBC and Washington Post and New York Times people. I don't want Bernie Sanders to start borrowing from Donald Trump, don't get me wrong, but you know, I, I don't think Bernie Sanders should be calling it fake news or any of this stuff. You know, that's authoritarian stuff and that's dangerous. We believe in a freedom of press, even if the press is awful. However, one thing that worked for Donald Trump that I think can work for Bernie Sanders, if uh, you should attack press that is not doing journalism. You should call out press when they are framing arguments in a disingenuous and frankly, false light. Now, if CNN wants to pretend, if, if, if CNN wants to drop this phony baloney that they're neutral and just say, we are the network of the establishment, but we want all comers on. You see, my thing with Fox News, for example, my issue has always been not that they're conservative, that they always pretended to be fair and balanced. Just say, we're a conservative network, but we want all viewpoints on, and we'll have a debate on ideas. If CNN did that, I wouldn't be doing segments on CNN. But when CNN pretends to be this neutral arbiter who just, you know, everybody, you know, it, it doesn't have a horse in the race. But CNN, she wasn't done. Because not only did she want to basically lie about Bernie Sanders' Medicare for all plan, you know, weakening or Bernie moonwalking, then she wanted to prop up Elizabeth Warren, which CNN, 
You want to talk about giving free airtime to Donald Trump in 2016? CNN has been drooling over Elizabeth Warren for, I don't know, three, four months. CNN, more than anyone else, maybe MSNBC too, has helped Elizabeth Warren basically get out of the political coma she was in in the beginning of her campaign. And to, and to be fair, to be fair, she's done a lot better. Uh, she does have plans that she's put out. I think it's completely overblown that she has, I have the plans. Bernie Sanders just released three of the most comprehensive policy proposals of any candidate in five days. Criminal justice reform, which was praised by civil rights leaders. Uh, a plan to strengthen unions and double union membership in his first term. And a plan uh, to create 20 million jobs and save the planet. And I'm not dramatizing. If you read, uh, you know, climate change activists, if you read environmentalists, if you read the experts on this issue, Bernie Sanders' Green New Deal plan, which, by the way, let's give some love to the Green Party. The Green New Deal originally was a Green Party uh, idea, uh, is the, by far the boldest. It, it, it laps Elizabeth Warren and others planned three times. Um, it is expensive. It's $16 trillion. But can you really put a price on saving the world? We're not being dramatic. Look at the Amazon. Look at what's going on in the Amazon right now. Look at the wildfires in America. Look at the severe hurricanes, unprecedented number of hurricanes we're getting. Look at, look at the drought. Look at unprecedented flooding in the Midwest, unprecedented heat in Europe. This is not, uh, honestly, if the Amazon keeps going the way it's going, uh, the UN report, the UN report might be underselling it as far as 12 years till irre irreversible damage. It might even be quicker than that. And we'll have a report, uh, an update on the Amazon a little bit later uh, from Marcus, uh, one of our reporters. So I want to play uh, the rest of this. Uh, and, and you'll see, you, you, you'll see the trend of what CNN's doing. They are trying to basically make it seem there's not really a difference between you and Elizabeth Warren, Bernie. So like, what's really your case for running here? There's really no difference. What's, what's really the point, Bernie? Should you just drop out? Is, is, it, are you so 2016? Have you lost the mojo and it's all Warren's? Let's take a look. Uh, I want to talk about how you describe yourself, which is as a democratic socialist, you have said that, quote, unfettered capitalism is destroying the moral and economic fabric of this country. It's one of the things that draws a lot of your supporters to you. But your 2020 opponent, Elizabeth Warren, who agrees with you on most issues, says that she's a capitalist down to her toes. She's not a democratic socialist like you describe yourself. How do you explain that to voters who are wondering what's the difference here? Okay, well, let Senator Warren speak for herself, but I will tell you what I believe. And I believe right now, if we are going to transform our economy so that it works for working people and not just large profitable corporations and the 1%, if we're going to end the absurdity of major corporations like Amazon that made $10 billion in profit last year not paying one penny in federal income tax, if we're going to end the outrage that three people today in America own more wealth than the bottom half of the American people. But, but is, is 49 percent of all new. But if you're going to end that, the only way you do it is when millions of people stand up and take on the corporate elite. To me, one of the well, aspects I, of I know, I know what you're, I know what you're... is organizing people, excuse me, and getting people involved in the political pro process so that we take on those people today who have so much economic and political power. I, I know what your pitch is on that. Is it possible for two candidates who see eye to eye but one is a capitalist and one is not? 
Well, I'm not quite sure what that question is about. All I know is Senator Warren is running her campaign. I mean, I'm the, la the labels are the good. labels are I very far very... apart, and yet some of your policies well, are much well, uh, closer together than those labels would indicate. Well, we'll How let, do you make sense we'll of let, that? We'll let the American people make those decisions. <laughs> and I love it. He was like, "Excuse me." That excuse me was a little less of a decibel than excuse me, but love it nonetheless. And they're trying to frame it. And this is kind of what you heard CNN and other corporate outlets doing uh, during 2016. Well, you know, Hillary Clinton and Bernie, like they're not that far apart on policy, right? And they're, they're trying to do it with Elizabeth Warren. Like, well, you know, you basically agree on most things. Well, that's actually not true. And to be fair, I'm not saying Elizabeth Warren is Hillary, is Hillary Clinton. I know a lot of you don't like Elizabeth Warren. Uh, she's not my first choice. She's not my second choice, but she's not as bad as Hillary Clinton on policy. She's certainly not as bad as Joe Biden, Donald Trump, and, and that much. So Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders don't agree on everything because Elizabeth Warren's uh, mentality and her case for why she should become president is the, the way out of this mess, the way out of this right here, if I have it still, oh no, I got rid of it. Uh, the way out of the mess we're in with the income inequality is to basically regulate the entire system. The more regulation, the better. Yeah, we do need regulatory reform, but I got news for you. There was regulatory, uh, there was regulation in place and there was regulatory bodies in place. For example, with the Wall Street uh, and supposed to be regulating banks. Yeah, they were asleep at the switch. And that's by design. We have a lot of regulatory bodies in this country that aren't able to regulate because the problem is the overwhelming power of money in politics. That's why the very regulatory bodies that are supposed to be regulating big banks, that are supposed to be regulating and inspecting uh, risky behaviors, weren't. So Elizabeth Warren is not as strong as Bernie Sanders on getting money out of politics. She has already said, if I become the nominee, I'm not going to unilaterally disarm and, you know, I might raise corporate cash. Well, it, during the, during the general election. Well, if you're already making these mini agreements with yourself, if you're already making these rationalizations with yourself to be, you know, if you're the nominee, well, what are you going to do when you're president? When's the next like, well, you know, in this case, we got to take money or, you know, meet with this lobbyist to do this because for the greater good, that's the entire neoliberal democratic party. So we don't need that. And I would honestly, I would rather Bernie Sanders lose not taking corporate money than him win taking that corporate money. And that goes for Elizabeth Warren too. But what CNN's trying to do here is frame it that Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, there's really no daylight here. So why should people vote for a socialist rather than somebody who says I'm a capitalist down to my toes? Well, there is daylight. First of all, one of the biggest, biggest sources of income inequality, one of the biggest sources of our uh, gilded age economy is none other than the military industrial complex. We have over 1000 bases, military bases around the world. There's a lot of money to build and upkeep those bases. We have an insane amount of new fighter jets and submarines and all this stuff that we don't need a lot of money. We have, we are building and dropping so many bombs in so many Muslim countries. You cannot be for all the proposals that Elizabeth Warren is for and at the same time be voting for insane $715 billion defense budgets, which she voted for last year. 
This year, it has been increased to $738 billion. She was not there, neither Bernie Sanders was not there for that vote. So we don't know how she would have voted. But she voted last year for the $715 billion. I would say that's a pretty big difference. One that CNN doesn't highlight because CNN, like the rest of the corporate media, they're down with the military industrial complex. That's why half of their payroll, half of their contributors are former generals and former FBI and former CIA and James Clapper. James Clapper and um, uh, what, what's his name? James Clapper, James John Brennan, and all these people. So that's a pretty big difference. Oh, CIA. Yeah. And by the way, obviously, we got to throw in Tulsi Gabbard, who's being screwed out of uh, the debate stage for the third presidential debate. Uh, the DNC, you know, the, the polls that have C, uh, Tulsi at three or four percent, those aren't credible polls. So Tulsi Gabbard is being screwed. But there's also, so foreign policy is a big difference. Bernie Sanders has talked about cutting the military budget. I have not heard that from Elizabeth Warren. And Elizabeth Warren has really said nothing uh, as far as the coup, coup attempts in Venezuela and, and others. And by the way, I'm going to be interviewing this week Ben Norton from the Gray Zone, who is still reporting in Venezuela. We're going to talk to him on Venezuela, uh, China, and other things. Not just foreign policy, domestically. I mean, Elizabeth Warren's plans are, they kind of go up to a certain line, but they don't go far enough. Her canceling student debt plan does not cancel all student debt. So she kind of goes up to a line, but she does not want to go too far, in my view, to upset the capitalist order. Bernie Sanders says, no, if you could bail out Wall Street, we need to bail out all students, young and old. A lot of older people are, are handcuffed with student loan debt. Um, Bernie Sanders' Green New Deal plan is $16 trillion. I think Elizabeth Warren's was $2 trillion. I mean, to, to, to remedy and to get off... Uh, to cut down carbon emissions, to get off fossil fuels, I think by 2050, you, you can, you're gonna need more than $2 trillion. The damage that's been done is so severe. And to build up, uh, whether it be retrofitting, wind, solar, uh, renewables, it's going to take trillions of dollars. Uh, I don't think her plan is strong enough on that. Frankly, I don't think her plan, I, I don't know what her signature, signature, economic plan is. Bernie Sanders is talking about a universal, uh, universal government jobs guarantee. I have not heard that from Elizabeth Warren. Uh, Bernie Sanders, by the way, is strongly capital M for Medicare for all. Elizabeth Warren, it depends on the day. At the CNN town hall that she did many months ago, she said, well, we just need to get everybody to, you know, let's just get everybody together at the table. Let's, we'll just get everyone at the table because, of course, if we all have dinner together with the lobbyists, and the, and the pharmaceutical executives and the hospital people, everything will be fine. We'll just have dinner, get everyone to the table, and we'll cover everybody. This is what she basically said at a CNN town hall. But then during the debate, she raises her hand for abolishing private health insurance. But then when asked again, she kind of has a little Kamala Harris in her. Uh, then she's wavering a little bit. And when you, uh, we had our reporter, Marcus Ely, uh, go around covering Elizabeth Warren, she doesn't really bring up Medicare for all at her events. When, when, her, when her, you know, I have a plan, she put out all her plans on a table in little um, posters, Medicare for All was not there. So do I think Elizabeth Warren, and, and Elizabeth Warren has said, uh, there's other options to get to Medicare for All. This is the talk of people who are not concretely for not only a government healthcare program, but ending private health insurance. Because fundamentally, you have to understand as a candidate 
that the problem isn't just a structural problem, which is having, you know, so many middlemen, so many, uh, so much bureaucracy. The problem is the psychological problem, which is healthcare should not be a commodity. It shouldn't be something you can charge money for. It shouldn't be something you can profit off of. The, it should be a service to your people from a government that cares about its people. And that's where I, that's one of the biggest differences. I don't trust Elizabeth Warren on Medicare for all. I think if she, she I think if she became president, you're lucky if she, you're lucky if you even got a public option out of Elizabeth Warren. And to be clear, I, again, I think Elizabeth Warren, a hundred times better, hundred times better than Joe Biden, hundred times better. No, not even a competition between Elizabeth Warren and Donald Trump. I know some of you that don't, li don't like that. Uh, that. Those are my views. You vote for whoever you want. But I think it's very clear between Trump and Warren, Warren and Biden. But I also think it's clear Elizabeth Warren, she's not, she, she's very different than Bernie Sanders. And by the way, their coalitions are very different. Their coalitions are very different. Bernie Sanders, significantly more under people making under $50,000. Bernie Sanders doing much better among African-Americans, which obviously you need African-Americans if you're going to win the Democratic nomination. Bernie Sanders doing better among Latinos. Bernie Sanders doing better among those age 40 and under. Elizabeth Warren is doing better among those 50 and older. Joe Biden's crowd. Elizabeth Warren's doing better among people with advanced degrees, masters, post-docs, post post those kind of things. Bernie Sanders does very, very well among those with just a high school degree, which, by the way, is the majority of Americans have only high school degrees. By the way, you're not going to become president if you don't take away some of Trump's voters. The majority of Trump's base is those with only high school degrees. Bernie Sanders does incredibly well among those. So those are the facts. CNN, of course, is trying to fudge it. So Joe Biden, uh, let's start with Joe Biden apparently not knowing where he is anymore. Uh, I don't say this to even be funny. He doesn't know where he is. Here we go. of Keene. I'm back. I've been here a number of times. Last time was, I think, uh, all the way back in 2014. But I've been here before that. I love this place. I love, look, what's not to like about Vermont in terms of the beauty of it? And what a neat town. What a, I mean, this is sort of a scenic, beautiful town. The mayor's been a good guy. And they've got, everybody's been really friendly. <clears throat> I like Keene a lot. That would be uh, Joe Biden in Vermont, excuse me, in New Hampshire, thinking he's in Vermont. And for Biden apologists, you could say, well, you know, New Hampshire and Vermont, pretty close to each other. I mean, a quick Google search, distance between Keene, New Hampshire, and Vermont would give you uh, two hours and 25 minutes two hours and 25 minutes. So when you're, yes, when you're, in a, when you're in a state or a city, excuse me, when you're campaigning, occasionally you might forget what day it is. But when you're in front of a diner in New Hampshire, the first primary state on the calendar, and you're saying you're in Vermont, I would think that is a problem. I would think that is a problem. So that was Joe Biden just yesterday. And now let's hear another uh, doozy. And again, this is not uh, to mock him. This is not to make fun of somebody who's having cognitive issues. But frankly, 
this is somebody who is struggling cognitively to finish sentences, to remember where he is, to remember dates. Here's another uh, troubling statement from Joe Biden on the campaign trail. If you're not satisfied, you have another option, high quality options. The public option will be available in my plan. We'll make sure it's not quality. We'll make sure it's only affordable. Quality is affordable. So he's saying we'll make sure it's not quality, which you could say that's a Freudian slip. That's what they call those, a Freudian slip. Um, but I don't think that's a Freudian slip. I think Joe Biden is struggling to complete his sentences. And I think Joe Biden is struggling to basically stay awake. What I mean by stay awake isn't like keep his eyes open. What I mean by, by stay awake is to publicly speak, to have stamina. And this is not uncommon when you get older. Uh, it doesn't happen for all older people, but you should know where you are in front of a diner in New Hampshire. You should know what, when you're saying it, it will not, be, you know, we'll make sure that it's high quality. He says, we'll make sure that it's not quality. I mean, this is somebody who's clearly on the cognitive decline. And, you know, I'm not a psychiatrist. We're not trying to uh, play one on the internet, but Donald Trump is of a different cognitive malfunction. Donald Trump is a megalomaniac. He's a narcissist. He probably has a split personality disorder if you look it up. But what he isn't, he's ener he is, is energetic. He's not forgetting things. He's not misstating where he, well, some, he has misstated things in the past. But Joe Biden, this is on a daily basis. And this starts to explain, this starts to explain why Joe Biden's campaign, it's kind of like, if you look at it, from Joe Biden's campaign's point of view, to give them the benefit of the doubt on this one. I'm not talking about Joe Biden. I'm talking about the people that work for him. And, and Jen, I would love your thoughts in the super chat. I mean, it's kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you don't put him on the campaign trail and you keep him at home and, and you don't have him campaign like a normal candidate, then frankly, there's gonna be a lot of pushback. There's gonna be media whispers. Gonna, there's gonna be pressure from the media from other candidates. Well, if you, can't, um, if you can't campaign on a regular schedule, then you shouldn't be running for president. And there's gonna be a lot of speculation if you don't put him out there. Here's another thing that's not necessarily a gaffe per se, uh, but it is Joe Biden being delusional. Uh, here's Joe Biden with a Fox News reporter, no less. Biden's first event of the afternoon was at a smaller venue, but there was still room in the back. So I had a chance to ask him what he thinks when he sees a more progressive primary candidate like Elizabeth Warren on TV with a crowd in the thousands. No, no. it depends on what the nature of the event is. What I'm trying to do is go around from town to town and I'm drawing as bigger crowds or bigger than anybody. Have you seen anybody draw bigger crowds than me here in the state? Yes. Well, you have. Where? In Des Moines. In Des Moines. In Des Moines. And the former vice president didn't seem to like that because a few minutes later, he singled me out to say he thought I was going to be unfair to him no matter what, but that he can handle it because he's a big boy. Brett? Peter Ducey live near the Field of Dreams. Peter, thanks. So 
I don't often praise Fox News, but that's a pretty funny clip. And that's, I, I mean, whatever, he's a Fox News reporter, so we won't, you know, give him that much credit. But he's there, he sees. And it's very like Trumpian, uh, where he's like, have you seen bigger crowds than me? Have you seen bigger crowds than me? Well, I haven't been to Iowa yet, this campaign trail. That's why we need to grow Status Coup, become a member, statuscoup.com slash join. But I will say, I will say, uh, I've seen Joe Biden here in New York. Marcus, our reporter, has seen him in Nevada. Um, I'm pretty sure from everything I'm reading that he's getting some of the smallest crowds of any candidate, much less the last vice president. And when you say crowd size, really, Michael's saying crowd size, really, don't let the corporate media distract you and don't let them confuse you. Crowd size does matter. Uh, Donald Trump, whatever you want to say about him in 2016, he had humongous crowds for the most part. So did Bernie Sanders. The media likes to make it seem like Donald Trump had the biggest crowds. Bernie Sanders actually had bigger crowds than him. I covered both candidates. But crowd size does matter because you want to know who didn't have big crowds? Hillary Clinton. So it matters if you have enthusiasm and energy and bodies showing up. And, you know, this is just one event. But here's uh, Joe Biden held a rally down the street from President Trump. Look right here in Manchester, New Hampshire, while thousands packed the southern New Hampshire University area to hear President Donald Trump speak, about 30 supporters of Joe Biden gathered at the Portland Pie Company to talk about the former vice president's campaign. New Hampshire, first primary state. They are extremely, extremely politically active and engaged there. Got 30 people, 30 people. Yes, you could say, well, Jordan, it's a pizza place, you know, what do you expect? 30 people. He can't, he, he can't get, much, not just the city, he can't get the state he is in, correct. He is talking about, I promise it'll be poor quality, about his health care plan. Politico had a piece earlier, uh, I think it was last week, saying, quoting, you know, unnamed Democratic Party people saying he seems to be uh, doing, you know, making these uh, cognitive misstatements later at night. Well, oh, should we have the, if he becomes a nominee, do we need to have the general election debates at eight in the morning for Joe? And I want to be clear, because some of you in the audience, um, you know, might have grandparents that either have a, a cognitive or mental um, deficiency as they get older. Obviously, there's different um, issues you could have from Alzheimer's to dementia. Uh, a lot of things one could have. We're not diagnosing Joe Biden with anything. We're not doctors, and I don't wish Joe Biden ill. I know Jen doesn't either. But what we are is journalists, and part of journalism is just speaking what's in front of your eyes. The gaffes that Joe Biden was known for in his, in his Senate career, in his vice presidential career, were not Joe Biden forgetting where he is. It was not Joe Biden like stumbling through words. It was not Joe Biden like saying, oh, my time is up. They were just stupid things to say, politically insensitive, incorrect things to say. And reporters that keep using the terminology of 
gaffes are frankly misreporting what is happening because these are not gaffes. And of course, the reason, the reason they are calling it gaffes is because they don't want to lose access. They don't want to lose access to Biden, to his advisors, and to his campaign. That's the truth. They are culpable for not reporting blinking red light, red flags right in front of them. And you don't have to say it in a way that is mocking Joe Biden. You don't have to say it in an insensitive way. You have to say it in a, this is what's happening. Honestly, responsible reporters would be interviewing psychiatrists, would be interviewing medical professionals that say, you know, what does this look like to you? You know, with Hillary Clinton, it was different because, you know, when she uh, fainted or fell or whatever happened with her, responsible doctors aren't going to um, comment on what she has because they don't have her medical file. And that's why when I was at the Young Turks, I said, uh, you know, I could get a lot of clicks right now if I say Hillary Clinton has this, that, or the other thing, but I'm not going to do that because I'm, I'm responsible and I'm not going to just engage in clickbait speculation. But in this case, it's, it's right in front of your eyes every single time he's say, opening his mouth. There's a cognitive failure. And to me, the, one that, the things that are more concerning are not him confusing Vermont with New Hampshire. You shouldn't. You shouldn't confuse what state you're in, but putting that, uh, you putting that aside. And by the way, if all these other misstatements, stumble, stumbles, uh, and clear cognitive difficulties weren't happening, then you could kind of excuse, you know, any candidate. You know, maybe a candidate would say, oh, it's great to be here in Nevada when they're in South Carolina. You're zigzagging all over the country. You're lacking sleep, all those things. It could be excused. But how could you ignore it as a journalist or as, as a voter? when it's happening in a broader sample size. All of this with Biden is interesting because the corporate media doesn't tell you this, but why this is interesting to me, based on the data, the opportunity, if you're a Bernie Sanders supporter, uh, the opportunity that Bernie Sanders brings is Joe Biden, his audience or his voters, their second choice is Joe Biden, is Bernie Sanders. Oh, now I'm talking like Joe Biden. Their second choice is Bernie Sanders. This is from May, but there's other, uh, other more recent things that show this. Former Vice President Joe Biden is atop the field of Democratic presidential candidates in most polls, but a new survey finds that many of his supporters would be willing to back his top rival, Bernie Sanders. A Hill-Harris poll released Wednesday found that 27% of registered voters who support Biden said Sanders was their second pick to become the Democratic nominee. So 27% of Joe Biden supporters support Bernie Sanders as their second choice. Then we look at the most recent Hill-Harris survey, which contrary, uh, excuse me, morning, morning consult, which is a pretty reliable poll. It's one of the better ones. Uh, Bernie Solid second place, 20%, Biden 31, Elizabeth Warren at 15, Kamala Harris 9%. But what's interesting here, again, second choice of Biden supporters, you see it right there. 25% of Biden supporters support Bernie Sanders as their second choice. Elizabeth Warren, third choice. So why this is important, let's say you're the Democratic Party, right? Let's say you're, you're being genuine, keyword, genuine 
and your main your main desire and the most important thing is you have to be you have to defeat Donald Trump no matter what you have to de defeat Donald Trump no matter what well if you see the person that you know all of the group think is saying can beat Donald Trump before uh, better than anyone else and has the best chance to beat Donald Trump if you see the person clearly I don't know what other way to say it not well right wouldn't you want to go with the second with, with, with the person next up and by the way I mean I'm not gonna be like a polling truther but I don't necessarily completely agree or believe every single one of these polls because most of these polls way way under sample voters under 50 which is obviously Bernie Sanders wheelhouse if the Democratic Party is sincere and the only the only thing that matters is beating Donald Trump wouldn't if you see a giant iceberg in front of the Titanic wouldn't you jump out as soon as humanly possible wouldn't you as soon as humanly possible move the ship you know to the left to the right wouldn't you as quickly as possible like start gathering the life jackets like iceberg right ahead it's right in front of you folks when is the Democratic Party elite gonna pull Joe Biden off the campaign trail and send him home to be with his family where he belongs you know I'm not trying to be a shock jock on the radio I'm not trying to have fun at Joe's expense what I am saying is this man is not well Jen and I uh, text back and forth sometimes Jen sends me whatever the the Joe Biden fail of the day is sometimes I send her and we both each time I'm not kidding say his family really needs to step in or like this is sad like even to the point where we feel bad for him I don't like Joe Biden I think his policies are bad I think he's regressive I think when he says make America America again which he said make America America again I think what he means is let's move the corruption back to the back rooms let's not have it out in the open again let's move it back where people can't see it and we won't tweet about it and everything will be nice neoliberal again that's what he means but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that you know we want him to be unwell but we think responsible people in the Democratic Party if there's any left need to need to tell him you know you got to drop out Joe because this is only going to get worse and by the way America America uh, Anthony Valenti two bucks in the super chat Seth rich hero Argentina collapse on way here okay um, I'd love to know more about the Argentina collapse and Seth Rich Hero. Uh, sure. Um, but remember, Jimmy Carter lost for a lot of reasons in the 1980 election. But one thing that you know put the nail in his coffin was that crushing moment during that debate. Oh no, it wasn't um, Ronald Reagan said that to his um, was it Jimmy Carter or Walter Mondale? When Ronald Reagan said, I won't hold your youth and inexperience against you debate moments matter and if Joe Biden during a debate with President Trump is stumbling and bumbling and forgetting words and forgetting thoughts that's it people even with Donald Trump there is no drop there is no chance that Americans are gonna vote for someone that doesn't look well 
I, I, I'm sorry. Maybe I'll be, maybe I will be wrong. Maybe I will be wrong. And maybe there will be a recession that says, hey, I'll put somebody in a coma in office if we could get Donald Trump out, but I don't see it. And really the way you get Joe, uh, the way you get Donald Trump out, you have to do more than just keep Hillary Clinton's voters. You have to do more than pull some of Donald Trump's voters away. You have to bring out more black people. You have to bring out more Latinos and you have to bring out more people ages 18 to 29. Believe it or not, don't listen to CNN. That's why Hillary Clinton lost. She had less black voters. She had less Latino voters. She had less young voters compared to Obama in 2012. So I don't want to hear, I really, really don't want to hear it from the Democratic Party if they make Joe Biden the nominee because you have every single red flag is waving around and they're ignoring it. And by the way, the corporate media is mostly ignoring it by calling it gaffes and by pretending this is just Joe being Joe. As a reminder, 60%, 60% of his grassroots, I'm using grassroots loosely, his grassroots online donations came in the first week of his campaign. Since then, it has fallen off a cliff. Joe Biden raised 4.6 million online on his first day in the 2020 presidential race, surprising doubters who thought the former vice president couldn't run a modern campaign. But since then, his online fundraising has tumbled, looking more like flash in the pan opponent, better O'Rourke than top tier rivals. So I hope everybody saves this video. I've been blaring it out as far and wide as I can say it. Iceberg right ahead. And this isn't even about whether you support Bernie Sanders. This is about, do you want to defeat Donald Trump or do you not? I'm not saying that the Democratic Party establishment, if they do the right thing and knock uh, um, Biden out, I'm not naive. I'm not saying they're all going to just jump around Bernie because like he's the one who will clearly win. I'm saying drop, get Joe Biden out, and then you could push whatever establishment phony you want. You want to go push Pete Buttigieg? Go push Pete Buttigieg. You want to go push Kamala for the people of Wall Street Harris? Go push her. But push somebody that could finish a sentence. Push someone that knows where, they're, where they are. Push somebody that within 24 hours of the worst two mass shootings back to back in American history knows which cities they happened in. Is that asking for too much? I'm down. If the Democratic Party establishment wants to rally around another faux progressive or faux aggressive, as my viewers say, fine. But Joe Biden is going to lose if he's the nominee. And by the way, in fairness, he is leading in the polls right now. But so was Hillary Clinton at this time. And we all know how that worked out for President Clinton there.